You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Each week, Chris and Mario welcome current NFL stars and discuss the biggest news from around the football world. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. I'm Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, what's going on? I am good. Chris, how's it going, buddy? Oh, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there, right? Eight days until the National Football League plays some uh, some actual NFL football. It's exciting. It is exciting. I mean, you are starting to see more and more, you know, storylines pop up, more and more things that just come up when there is a football season. It's starting to feel natural. You know, no, 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 um, no buzz stories or no, you know, uh, imminent uh, sadness is really just you know a guy's <laughs> hurt or contracts or you know yeah. is you know filling the voids. It's, it's really starting to feel like the season is here. Yeah, and we had real football on television last week as a Central Arkansas took on Austin P in a game that got way more viewers than it would have in any other year. Isn't that awesome for those schools? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. I did not tune in. Uh, I honestly forgot. But uh, I did watch a little high school football, which uh, has caused, you know, some uproar in, in non-playing states. But Ohio uh, was airing a game, you know, here in Michigan, and, and it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. Things things are actually pretty good. I don't know if you saw it, but the uh, the CDC sent out a notice uh, today via, via CNN that um, easily the most encouraging thing that that we've had in a very long time and, you know, take this for what it will. But the, uh, this is CNN breaking news as of an hour ago, the CDC has told states to prepare to distribute COVID-19 vaccines as soon as late October. Wow. So, I mean, we don't know that they work yet, but plans are being made and being made for next month. I mean, you know, you kind of makes you wonder if, uh, if maybe the, Maybe a team would consider, you know, or a sport would consider, you know, delaying a month. I mean, you think that, uh, and and there's got to be some thought behind it. There's got to be some PR. There's got to be some a lot of different different strategies for this. But you know, pessimism aside, cynicism aside, yeah. it's a thing where you have to consider. You almost have to consider uh, the the positive uh, ramifications of of the success of this success rate. So. It's a it's it's a, br- a little bright side to things that have been happening anyway. Trying to move forward, trying to feel norm uh, some normalcy, and then you got this this good news. So I'm I'm gonna stay on that track for now. Yeah, you know, I guess I guess there would still be logistical issues even with a vaccine in tow because you don't know who actually got the vaccine and who didn't, and you know we we're not gonna know for a while whether or not it's gonna work. Quite frankly, so. I guess it would be logistically pretty difficult to to really ramp up that stadium capacity. Right, right. I think the bigger thing might be, and I don't even know if people are actually dealing with this, but like that that cognitive dissonance of like, is playing a pro sport okay mm-hmm. during all this time? I still have to wear a mask and there's pro sports going on where you're just kind of just yeah. encouraged and, and sitting back and just enjoying for the sake of enjoying, which, you know, we all so desperately need. Oh yeah, no, I had uh, I had Chris Myers on Underdog yesterday, and I wanted to talk to him because you know you know what my stance is in 
regards to playing college sports. I think it's exploitative towards the college kids, and honestly, we're asking them to take too big a risk. But uh, Chris seemed to feel differently, so uh, I, I changed my line of questioning before I got to a, a particularly damning one. Right, right. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you <laughs> there. Uh, let's let's talk about some some NFL football, and this this is interesting. I want to get your take on it today uh, in Las Vegas. Cornerback, well, rookie cornerback Damon Arnett fractured his thumb, and it looks like that if he's going to play Week One, he's going to have to play with a club on his hand. How hard is that? How hard is that for a defensive lineman, let alone a cornerback? I mean, it's one of those things that if you can figure out how to adjust to the weight because it's gonna it's one of those things like when um your your throat sore uh, i'll compare it to that and you don't realize how much of your equilibrium and your everyday moment to moment movement is dependent on you swallowing and it's the same thing with with football technique a lot of what you're doing with your feet and your turns and and uh getting in position has to do with how quickly how fluidly you feel your upper and lower body you know and 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 being athletic you know, being in line, being fluid. So it, it throws right. all of that off for one. And then, I mean, your punch hand is gone, you know, so you have to think about that uh, and you catching, <laughs> catching the ball. I am the most clear one. So it's difficult. I think a lot of guys, um, not a lot of guys, but the, the, the top guys do adjust pretty quick because, you know, they're so technique heavy. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough adjustment and I'm sure we'll see for a rookie how, um, mm. how how big of an adjustment it is. Yeah, I can't imagine trying to tackle an NFL running back or wide receiver with basically one hand. Yeah, you're going to think twice. <laughs> <It's> no, <laughs> there's no, and, I, and, and, and I say that understandably so. I, I'm not saying it like you shouldn't. You definitely should think twice because <laughs> it's going to hurt and wrapping up is no longer a thing. It's, don't, be gentle on yourself <laughs> is what I, I yeah. tell a rookie. I guess this uh, really goes to speak to how much we should appreciate what Shaq, well, Shaquem Barrett is doing every single game. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's why he had a commercial <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah. It's why he became a fan favorite. It's why, because it's pretty incredible, and, you know, everyone can take their shot. You know, break your hand or tie your hand behind your back and see how difficult, you know, playing the sport will be. Yeah, and unfortunately for him, it seems to also be the reason that he's on the roster bubble this year and no sure thing to make that team. I do hope that that, uh, that feel-good story gets to go a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, I do. I hate to be that guy, but he's also got to produce, <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. That's true. Well, another guy who wasn't producing, and because of that, he was let go today, and something of a shocker, the Patriots made the move to release Mohamed Sanu only a year after trading a second-round pick for him, Mario. Yeah, um, surprised because I, I typically, going off the past, we've seen the Patriots give guys, especially receivers, uh, a year and a half to two years to really understand the system or not. Um, mm. There's something about Sanu, I think, that me personally, I had really high expectations about just coming from Atlanta and and how high of praise uh, he received as far as being a student of the game, understanding where to be, being a safety blanket for uh, Matt Ryan, and then uh, that not being a thing at all mm -hmm. <laughs> in New England. And and I think 
Um, also, I think there may be some 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 cap space, you know, trying to be made for for other moves. I don't think he's it, it's a key piece, and maybe the the bigger thing that will always go it will definitely go unsaid is maybe Cam Newton wasn't a fan. That I mean, that's that's hard. That part of it is hard for me to believe because I I'm pretty sure those guys have worked out quite a bit together in the off season. I think they're actually relatively close, but. It's weird that ankle has to be has to be basically destroyed because he wasn't even that bad, you know. In 15 games last year, he caught almost 60 passes. They weren't. I think I remember a stretch though where uh, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but they were were almost like Danny Amendola numbers as far as yeah. the catches for for uh, yards per catch. Eight um, yards of reception. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't spectacular. It, it wasn't. You know, game defining or, or super impactful. And I think that's the thing that, at least me, it, I thought uh, Muhammad Sanu would be. I I think a less less frequency and volume guy and more. Mm. You know, big big impact guy. It is kind of interesting because this is a guy who over his career has averaged uh, thirty eight point two yards per game. That dropped to 25.9 with seemingly a really good fit in Tom Brady and that New England offense. Right. So, I mean, there's there's definitely credence to the, the ankle injury. Uh, and, I mean, physically, I didn't see that much um, as far as offseason videos. And, of course, those are, are obviously the best reps you're going to mm-hmm. see when a guy posts his own stuff. Uh, sure. I didn't see too much behind it. But, like you said, between, you know, if, if, if there wasn't any – anything that um you know the the chemistry chemistry wise was an issue then you know it's injury and I, I really do think lack of production easy contract to get rid of yeah well they're not the only team shedding contracts the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars continue to make sure that they're not competitive in any of their games <laughs> this upcoming season and that's what I'm talking about oh my goodness uh, not even pretending at this point they trade Yannick Ngakwe to the Minnesota Vikings for a second-round pick this year and a pick next year that can be as high as a three. And Gakwe wanted to leave so badly that he took a $3 million pay cut to, to go to the Vikings. <laughs> no, that's love of the game, remember? We yeah. talk about that all the time. That's love of the game. Um, no, right. I, I, I forgot. I, and not having Fournette, big thing. This is, this is what Michael Jordan would have taken personally when it comes to tank. This is full-blown tanking. And I think you know you you know my stance on on Gardner Minshew and it being yeah. completely okay to continue <laughs> to start him as long as we're not calling him anything more than you know the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 they're just setting their sights on uh <laughs> on one of these quarterbacks. It doesn't even have to be um, tank for Trevor Mario. It, it doesn't have to be, but I think obviously that that's the guy. But I think even Justin Fields or anyone like that. Um, they'd be okay with, and they want to start building around that, and they're willing to do the Miami Dolphins way, which hopefully, mm-hmm. um, in the locker room, some of these guys understand and start to take care of themselves. Yeah, this Fournette thing is fascinating. They make the move to release him with one year left on his rookie deal, uh, would have been paid him $4.1 million. Look, Fournette was good last year. Mm-hmm. 265 carries for 1,152 yards, 4.3 average, three scores, targeted 100 times in the past game, caught 76 of them. 
for another 522 yards. Missed one game. If he doesn't miss that game, he's flirting with 2,000 total yards of offense last season. So my question to you is, how bad a guy is this that they had to get rid of him? <laughs> if we're if we're comboing it with the Jaguars tanking, then maybe he's not as bad. But listen, oh. <laughs> listen here. This is this is someone who. This, here's the thing: we aren't hearing, we didn't hear any anybody come out no. and defend Leonard Fournette. We haven't heard no. any rumblings of guys making sure that we know being a teammate of Leonard Fournette's is okay. And we're talking about from LSU until, you know, now. Um, So I think that in itself, you know, but we have heard guys barking at Leonard Fournette, you know, Mm -hmm. on social media and in interviews. So I think it shows how difficult a guy can be, of a guy he can be. And if you're, he, he had a great season, don't get me wrong, but if you're going to be difficult and sometimes, you know, injured or or a contract that's not worth it, you know, you're, you're going to go. So I'm really interested to see who can, for lack of a better term, rehabilitate this guy. I don't know if it's on the level of a LeGarrette Blunt or if it's completely different, but that's mm-hmm. kind of where I see it. It would have to be a team that says, look, look, guy, we know that you can run the ball, but can you do this other thing? And and, and we're going to find out before you even we even um buy into giving you a ton, a ton of carries. Yeah, that's but that's what's interesting to me is, at $4.1 million, it's going to be hard to find a guy who is going to replicate the kind of numbers that he puts up. So the value for the contract seemed to be there. You know, obviously, he's had some off-the-field issues and even a sort of on-the-field issue where he got into that argument with the Titans fans a couple of years ago and I think flipped them off. Mm-hmm. So, like, this just has to be the case of there is a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we don't know. And this guy is just not worth the trouble that he brings. Yeah, I think I think it's clear, but I also think it'll be an opportunity to see what team, mm. what staff believe that they are the, uh, the 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 team that can bring the best out of him or maximize whatever that thing is—the locker room culture, whatever it is. He'll be a guy that that uh, always tests that, and there is always a guy every offseason almost that that plays that role. And I think uh, Leonard's going to test test how well any team can do that because uh, he can he can damn sure run the rock. Well, that's a, a fantastic teaser that you just uh, you just put forth there. We're going to talk about exactly that after a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Chris. And did someone say playoffs? The NBA and the NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on. All the action, including a new NBA playoff bracket contest that gives you more chances to win. And I don't have to tell you this, more is better. But it's not just basketball and hockey. Major League Baseball continues to push through the summer and there is no shortage of ways to get in on the action as BetOnline has hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. So take advantage of every sport and remember, the casino never closes. It's always there for you to check out and enjoy. So head over to the website at betonline.ag today and do not forget that promo code PODCAST1 so you receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Mario, we're back, and uh, you were you were talking about who could potentially be the teams to get Fournette's head on right, get this guy to produce. Well, two teams seem to be interested. Uh, well, several teams, if you listen to Mike Roffalo, but the two that are out there at the forefront of it 
are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, Tom Brady's former team, the New England Patriots. How do you like those fits? I mean, for the sake of uh, TB12's streak of transforming franchises, which is just one, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's been a couple of years. Yeah. Um, That Michigan team actually not that good. (laughs) They actually, that was a whole different ball game. Lloyd Carr, what a a mess. But um, the Patriots is intriguing because they have a good amount of backs, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're all solid, you know, if not if not good, they're all Damian solid. Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead. Yeah, I mean, guys that, that okay, put it this way for, for New England. We weren't expecting them to try to fill that vo- a void for, for those guys. Those guys were no. the void fillers for each other. So that's yeah. a really interesting thing and, again, makes me, again, question or at least try to understand the Sanu uh, deal a little bit more intricately. But with Tampa, I think with a, a young runner, um, but but having a fit, obviously you're going to take that guy. Tom Brady's not going to take a bunch of shit. I think Tom Brady's one of those guys that um, most players would listen to, that mm-hmm. type of thing. You know, no matter what personality, you can get away with being a brash uh, asshole, but say like, but who wouldn't listen to Tom Brady and still keep your your a hole clout or whatever that thing is that keeps a <laughs> holes going. Um, so I would lean towards Tampa Bay as a fit, but. Um, Who's to say what New England could tell this guy in an interview that would um, that would make him believe he'd be a key piece? I would be afraid of this if I was a Patriots fan. This feels like this feels like when the the Lakers signed Carl Malone and Gary Payton so many years ago. It just it doesn't feel it doesn't feel appropriate. I mean that was a little chasey, and and we knew those that that wasn't a fit. So I, I'm I'm there with you as far as fit. I just don't get it. But again, if any team can figure out the fit, or at least make a guy believe that he's gonna fit, it's the Patriots. Uh, I'm, I don't know if 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 we can't fathom the the rebrand, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, that the Patriots yeah. are undergoing. Um, but it seems to be something that that we have to pay close attention to. I don't think they're gonna be a the a Patriots team that we've seen obviously in a long time, um, personnel wise, but even scheme wise. Yeah, it's a weird situation. Although, you, I, I mean, you're right. You do have to like the fit with Fournette now that apparently he's an elite pass-catching running back. Who would have seen that <laughs> turn coming? Uh, you, you have to like him with you know Tom Brady and catching passes out of the backfield. The Patriots fit's a weird one. There's too much there. Damian, you know, they like to go running back by committee. It seems like Damian Harris and Sony Michelle are more than adequate to fill that need. And you know, Sony Michelle was a first-round pick a couple of years ago. Let us not forget. You're you're right. Uh, again, it, I mentioned it reminds me of the the Legarrette Blunt signing though. He kind of wasn't necessary when they signed him, um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, uh, about you know, eight games later, he's their number one guy, and and he's having a heck of a season. So who knows if there's some re- reminiscence there? Am I the yeah. only one seeing that? I don't know if Bill is you know in the clouds with that one, but I agree with you on the surface. And to do the work to make him fit, I don't think is worth it either. So the Washington football team announces that Dwayne Haskins has won their quarterback competition. He's going to be the starter over Kyle Allen and Alex Smith week one against those uh, those Philadelphia Eagles. This is just this is another one that just doesn't feel right to me. It feels like Washington is just biding time until they can replace Dwayne Haskins with you know another player from Ohio State in Justin Fields in the draft <laughs> next year. That would be really weird, and I don't know if we'd we'd have ever seen that uh, in football. I like to, uh, we should, you know, on our next break, 
dig into that. But no, it was it was the 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 uh, competition that wasn't won. I mean, Haskins has to start. There's really no one there that could push uh, him as far as far as common sense goes. But yeah, when, when we're talking about long term, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, it, it sucks because I actually again from the small clips I've seen, which are few and far between, so I'm not saying too much here. But I do see some improvement. His foot speed um, has increased. I think his ability to release the ball. Uh, and 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 predict uh, where the ball should go has has increased, um, and, and maybe maybe that means his leadership's increased because when when he's he, that was what he was touted as a natural leader. So if he's grasping yeah. these uh, physical things, the mental things should be there. So it's a shame that he won't be able to really take a chokehold of the job because uh, Ron Rivera isn't there to do that. And I don't, I I, I definitely don't blame him. So it's going to be a weird situation where Dwayne Haskins only has himself to really compete with. You know, I've always kind of felt like Dwayne Haskins gets a bad rap. Oh, God, what is the best way to to phrase this in a very uh, charged time in our country? Uh, <laughs> my goodness. Uh, I, I feel like he suffers from the stigma of what we believe a black quarterback is because he's not that. Right. No, you're say more, please. We're here to, to, to be able to say what we got to say. And we're analyzing football, so say more. Well, I, you know, the, the, when we talk about the prototypical black quarterback, your mind doesn't go to Byron Leftwich. Your mind goes to Michael Vick, to, to Kyler, to people like that. Athletes is the position, guys who can break down and, and rip off long runs. And Haskins kind of a poor athlete. He, Cam Newton, another one. There you go. Yeah, Haskins no, kind he, of a, kind of a poor athlete. He's a, a decent thrower of the football. He's a good leader, but I think people would like him more if he were a white quarterback and those expectations of athleticism weren't there. Yeah, they. they I I agree with you. The, the the things that I just mentioned, he showed improvement on are things that people would were expecting him to have naturally in his game and and. It's never going to be the, the natural part of his game, and so it's 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 fair. It's a fair criticism that that you have of of evaluators, and I don't know how much you know he's going to shake it. Um, but also, Byron Leftwich didn't last that long, even though he had a couple really good years. I think um, yeah. you know the things crumbled around him, and I, I I do believe his uh his injury history played more of a part for his ability to to, to have longevity in the league. Whereas Dwayne Haskins has to to trust in who he is, um, even though he will be put in positions where he's going to have to show athleticism and roll out. He's rolled out more than I've ever, you know, his one season uh, mm-hmm. last year. He's he he had so many rollout passes um, and sprint outs than he did in 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 the time he was at Ohio State. So well, that's because he played with the worst offensive line of his life when he went <laughs> yeah. to Washington. True. Uh, that that Ohio State offensive line, a, a considerably more talented group than what Washington put out there last year, especially with Brandon Scherf out for most of the season, with Trent Williams, you know, his little deal. Uh, by the way, it's weird that Trent Williams is a 49er. I'm still not used to that just yet. No. But uh, I want to talk about a guy who, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. That's Derwin James of the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> What an incredible rookie season he had. Looked like he was about to become one of the top defensive players in all of the NFL, only to miss all but five games last season with a significant injury, and now he's going to miss the entire season this year uh, on injured reserve with a knee injury. This is just, this is disastrous, man. 
Yeah, I mean, did I jinx him? Did Might I jinx have. him? Because I, I just, I saw his name pop up and I'm like, no, 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 no. Limping off the field. No, 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 no. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things where he just can't find a way to establish himself and keep himself healthy. I feel really bad because everything we see on tape is above and beyond and, mm-hmm. and is an exciting player to have. So, I mean, I can only, I can only wish him the best. Uh, it really sucks. Especially with what happened to uh, to Darius Geis earlier in the offseason, going back to Fournette for a second, are we surprised that Washington hasn't been linked to him? Yeah, I I, I actually am. And I Or mean, maybe Geis I, I, was such a shitty person that they don't want that in their locker room anymore. Another <laughs> L- Replace one troubled LSU running back with another? Right, right. No, I mean... The, the, it, I think there is a thing, and, and Ron Rivera is not going to make make these stupid mistakes. He's not. No gonna, way. He's not going to start building this by um, plug and play and reactionary stuff. And that's one thing that he never did in mm-hmm. Carolina. So we definitely shouldn't be surprised um, in Washington. And Washington's about to go through its own little dry cleaning, anyways. So I think he will be the one uh, staple. Rumor is that your guy Kenny Galladay about to get an extension with the Lions. How you feeling about this? I'm okay with it. I don't want to, you know, sell us sell ourselves away. We've done that offensively for far too long. Um, but I am happy, and I'd rather keep him than have him go. And how about the the crazy, like, two and a half hours yesterday, where it looked like the Saints were going to trade Alvin Kamara? And I mean, it seems like it resolved itself pretty quickly. But you know, all the reports were out there that oh, the the Saints are listening to offers for Kamara. Yeah, it's oh, I I love your Taysom Hill take, and I'm sorry I'm taking it there, but they you spent the wrong money, and then now yeah. it's laughable at what you can give your guy who sooner than later, much sooner than later, is going to be very necessary, and you won't be able to pay him, and we might not even see him uh, when this changing of the guard happens. So it was just foolish, and now Alvin Kamara has every reason to be insulted i don't know if he's not handling it that way so thanks thanks Mm -hmm. uh the saints fans should be thankful but it's only it's only a matter of time i think man they can't pay him and and, and they foolishly they 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 deserve it well this is the problem too the saints are in almost philadelphia eagles level of cap trouble for next year 37.7 million over the cap as we speak and that's before we get a likely cap drop moving forward so you're right. Like they paid Taysom Hill that money. There, I think I saw a stat that there's like three wide receivers on the the Saints with more touchdown passes than Taysom Hill has. But uh, <laughs> something crazy like that. Like I I just don't know how you can pay this guy what he's going to be worth. Because look, Mixon Mixon got a four year forty eight million dollar extension earlier in the week. You have to think that's the starting point for Kamara. Like four fifty two something like that. Yeah, there's there's no there's nothing that they can they can pay to keep him, and I don't want him or believe he will take a pay cut. So even squeezing the number is is not gonna is not gonna happen. Yeah, apparently he turned down that same twelve million that Mixon got, and they're mm-hmm. working on an extension. But man, I just don't know where it's it's blood from a stone financially. Like, where is this money coming from? Right, I I just I just don't see it, and and. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think a lot of people could have called this one, and they should have they should have put money into him much sooner. I understand he had mm-hmm. a couple uh, seasons where he didn't finish the season uh, or, or missed a, a, a solid enough chunk to to want to wait it out, but 
But man, if if you were gonna pay somebody, it was it was Kamara. Uh, the report here, Jeremy Fowler says that Kamara's side is reportedly isn't asking for quote Christian McCaffrey like money, uh, <laughs> but the deal is expected to be somewhere in the thirteen to fifteen million dollar annual range. So fifty two is mm. potentially an understatement. That would be the starting point up to yeah. up to sixty million dollars on a four year deal. That's oh man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I hate I hate saying this, but like, it doesn't matter how good your running back is, like you don't sign him for a second contract. It just doesn't make sense financially. It doesn't. And now, this is the this is the conundrum. I mean, one that the NFL players have to 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 come into. And now the the Saints are the poster child of this. And you know. I, my thing is the sad part about it is where does Kamara have this uh, value elsewhere? And you know, I start yeah. to think, you know, the Saints do a great job of maximizing guys. Maybe Michael Thomas is not one of these guys, but I feel like Kamara is part of what the Saints' offense makes him. Not to say his talent level, but his 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 mm-hmm. being maximized, his value. And so them squandering this uh, financial situation. As much as a, he he shouldn't, and I don't think he will take the pay cut. I think he may have to, not yeah, well, take pay cut, but not take his his uh his what he's worth in the market right now. Oh, I totally see what you're saying, and I, yeah. this has always been my stance on this guy. You know, you just he's not somebody you can give 250 carries a year, and if you can't do that to your top running back, then he's not your top running back. Mm. With that, that just makes him an incredible gadget player. Look at. Kamara last year, 14 games, 171 carries, 171 carries in 14 games, uh, 797 yards, 4.7 on average, also caught 81 passes. By the way, uh, fewer yards than Leonard Fournette (laughs) last year, just saying. (laughs) So one of them gets cut and the other guy is going to get $15 million a year. uh, something, uh, Something does not smell right here. Yeah, that's Lindra's fault more than it's Alvin's. And but the the point you're making still stands that, you know, yes, you make you make the Saints offense run. You sure do, but you've got to you've <laughs> you've got to be able to do more as a running back if you want this money across the board um, and across the league. By the way, can we address the fact that if I were to just walk up to some random old lady on the street and uh, and ask her, I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a pair of. Uh, Several pairs of first names, and I want you to tell me which one of them are NFL running backs. I'm guessing she's not choosing Leonard and Alvin. <laughs> no, they they're in the choir. They're in the choir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're 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 just they're nice boys. They work down the street. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, those are not uh, not NFL running back names, but boy, Alvin Kamara, such a fascinating player. It's just I. Uh, I think, God, I just don't know what to do with him. And I don't envy the Saints in this position because, you know, he's gotten, he went, he got 194 carries that that second year. And he's playing progressively less games, by the way. He goes 16, 15, 14 over his three seasons. Basically, the carries are dropping. Everything's dropping. Like, I don't know what, he's only, he's only rushed for 100 plus yards in a game twice in his career. And he's going to get $15 million. I mean, that's as you pull apart apart the pieces. I get it. I get it. He's definitely. This is the best way I can think of it, Chris. Is that 
he definitely can't uh, lose the Saints, and the Saints really can't lose him. And yeah. so now they're in this position where you know they need each other, and and the 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 salary, the pay has to match for both sides. So we'll see. It's a functionally dysfunctional relationship. Absolutely. Well, that's it for this week's episode of uh, the NFL Show. Uh, for Mario Hines, I'm Chris Orwell. Thanks for listening, and uh, actually, we'll see you back here a little bit later this week. <laughs>